Welcome to The Ladder, a podcast series for aspiring turf managers currently climbing the career ladder, and also for those already at the top who would like to better understand their Generation Y staff members. Sit back, settle in, and enjoy. Welcome to this episode of The Ladder, brought to you by New Farm and Steck Equipment. I'm your host today, John Reitman, and we're at Copperleaf Golf Club in Bonita Springs, Florida, where David Dorr Smith is superintendent. You've been here at Copperleaf in Indian 16 years yeah. and in the United States a long time. 22. But you have a very unique uh, path to get where you've gotten to today. Give our listeners a little bit of a background on where you've come from. Sure, yeah, I originally wanted to be a landscape gardener. That was my passion even through high school. I would have side jobs working for friends and neighbors working on their garden and getting it from being overgrown to looking really nice and honestly it was pretty cheap labor and uh, just seemed to have a knack for that to visualize what it could look like and people just seemed to trust me with what I was doing and I worked really hard and got it done. Uh, in fact, I should show you some old photos that I've, that I've got along the way. And uh, after finishing high school, went to uh, a college in Australia, in Melbourne, where I was specializing in landscape management, horticulture. And one of the classes was to do on-the-job training one day a week for that semester. Went to a local uh, golf course, which was near my house. And I played there a couple of times. My brothers used to play there. had a beautiful garden around the clubhouse rose garden and uh, wanted to make it look good again. I could see that it hadn't been maintained very well. Just went to the general manager at that time. He said, absolutely, $5 a day, we'll pay you. Uh, no brainer. So I worked there for one day, started at 7 a.m., finished about 4 and you know had made an, an immediate impact. And that afternoon, the superintendent drove by and said, who are you? I introduced myself, David Dorsmith. smith what are you doing? I'm cleaning up your garden. He goes, my gosh, I've never seen it look so good. I'm looking for someone to work with me on the golf course. I'm like, well, what do you do? He goes, well, we do this, we do tree work, we mow the grass, we fertilize, we spray, you know, we do it all. And uh, back then, there was over 10% unemployment in Australia. I went home and told my uh, my mom about it, and she's like, well, that's a no-brainer. When do you start? Kind of thing. And um, it was very good because I was able to continue with my schooling and then have the full-time job. Uh, I remember back then I was taking home $160 a week was the pay. Uh, but through that, they sent you to school. So I basically did a, uh, an associate's degree in turf management over that four years that I was working at that golf course. And in that period of time, they had a representative from Ohio State University come and meet with the class and tell us about the intern program that they have over here. Was that Mike? Mike. He wasn't him. It was one of his uh, representatives that he reached out to in Australia. And he has people in England and uh, New Zealand, Scotland, Ireland. And so that individual, uh, Jeff Top is his name. I still remember him. Uh, he put together the program. I applied for it. I was supposed to have gone to Westchester Country Club in uh, New York. I got a telegram, that's how long ago this was, to say that that's where I was going. And uh, so I said, that sounds pretty cool. I actually wanted to go to Florida because my dream was to work in the States for 12 to 18 months and then move to Queensland or northern New South Wales where it was warmer uh, weather. Whereas Melbourne, you know, there's a great song called Four Seasons in One Day by Crowded House and it's about Melbourne because it could be hot, cold, rainy, overcast. 
uh, in a 24-hour period, and it didn't suit my outdoor lifestyle. So anyway, I applied for that, got that. Three days before I was to depart, I got another telegram saying that Scott Lavis from Fiddlesticks Country Club saw my resume and wants me to work with him at Fiddlesticks in Fort Myers. And back then, I mean, internet was just coming out. It was dial-up stuff. I went to a buddy's house. He put it on his computer, and all it was was one image of the island greens at Fiddlesticks, the number 9 and 18 of the long mean. And that was all I knew. I'm like, that looks awesome. So about 12 of us met in Sydney, got on the same plane and flew over. Three of us, uh, including myself, are still here. So Matt Tazalaskis on the east coast of Florida and now Brooke Maxwell uh, down in Naples. We all met on the plane together and flew over and we all went our separate ways and uh, worked at Fiddlesticks for one year, which is when I heard about Greg Norman building the Tiburon Golf Course in Naples. And obviously being an Australian icon, I'm like, man, that's where I need to be. Uh, to do something pretty special. So I met with the superintendent there. He hired me immediately. Uh, so I was the first employee, hourly employee, at that new construction and just learned so much, as everyone would understand if they've ever done construction. Uh, and the dream came true. Got to meet Greg Norman, drove around the back of a truck with him as we explored the routing of the, uh, of the golf course. Got to have lunch in his helicopter. I wasn't in the air, but I still introduced us to his pilot and said, well, hey, you boys, Go have lunch with the Max or whatever his name was, and that was amazing. Uh, and yeah, during that construction period, you just get to learn so much from fertilizing and spraying, irrigating, uh, and really got a passion for for being in golf course maintenance. And uh, apparently, I seemed to stand out because by the age of 27, I had moved up to the rank of superintendent at another WCI golf course, which was the management company at the time. And for those who might not be familiar, WCI, 20 years or so ago here in Florida, was building some very high-end real estate-driven golf Oh, absolutely. Properties. It was, you know, between WCI and Bonita Bay, they were the, the company to be part of down here back then. Uh, they've since disbanded uh, along with Bonita Bay. Um, but it was just a great experience. Great guys uh, working for them, get to learn a lot, love networking. And that really helped me flourish and get to know people and be confident in what I was doing. And so, yeah, I was up for the job at Pelican Sound, which is a 27-hole golf course. It was a funny story because I obviously am from Australia, uh, and I had planned a trip back for my mother's 60th birthday party uh, to surprise her. So I got the job, and 21 days later, I left for three weeks and uh, a mentor of mine, Jim Leesburg, still tells that story today. He's never met anyone that got a job and left three weeks later for three weeks. Um, but it was a great experience. I was there for just over two years before the current opportunity came up here at Copperleaf. I had some members driving around the golf course wondering why theirs didn't look the same way. Um, and uh, they, they offered me the position of Director of Golf Course and Grounds Maintenance here at Copperleaf, which was a step in the right direction. And uh, the current general manager and the president at the time, uh, they had a vision of what this place could be. And with my landscaping background, I could sort of put in their mind how to make that happen. I, I was driving around holding up fingers, 
telling them that these are trees and having members go out onto the fairway and into the rough and sort of stand up to act like palm trees. And uh, they, they trusted me with the vision and they still do today, so it's pretty neat. We'll be right back after a brief message from our sponsors. Pinpoint Fungicide from New Farm Americas contains a new active ingredient to deliver outstanding early and late season control of dollar spot. Pinpoint provides superintendents and turf management professionals with an excellent fungicide rotation partner to optimize disease management stewardship. Pinpoint's unique and targeted active ingredient has been proven in university performance trials and delivers outstanding control of dollar spot, take-all patch, fairy ring, and brown patch to ensure a clean field of play. For more information, visit newfarm.com. With a commitment to quality and a passion for sourcing the latest innovations from Europe and North America, Steck Equipment has grown to be the go-to supplier for specialized turf equipment. Check out their line of phrase mowers, material handlers, laser graders, vacuum sweepers, blowers, verticutters, and seeders, decompactors, sand fillers, and much more at steckequipment.com. That's S-T-E-C equipment.com. We're back on the ladder at Copperleaf Golf Club in Bonita Springs, Florida with David Dorsmith. When you got into this, was there ever, back in Australia, was there ever a thought that you would end up in the United States at all? Uh, during my schooling, I'd heard about the intern program and I said, that's, that's what I want to do. That's going to give me something different instead of being State. like someone else's resume where they've mowed greens, cut cups, fertilized, blah, blah, blah. You, if you put on the resume that you've been an intern in the United States at a fairly high-end golf course, that puts you in another level, was my opinion, and I think I was correct. Uh, and that's why I still promote today that intern program. Uh, I think it's just great for the young guys coming over and uh, getting that experience. So how did you hear about the Ohio State program? Just through the representative that would come by and visit. Sort of, the you know, so I would see, the, I would see the guys in the years above me. At, at school that would then offer to go okay. and, and go away and hear their stories of how you know how fun it was and the experiences that they learned when they came back they would quite often come back and give a speech to the upcoming classes yeah now have you ever been to Ohio State for one day yeah. <laughs> got to stand on the field and I guess that's pretty special for most people but it didn't mean anything to me uh, the Rose Bowl. Oh no, uh, the Horseshoe. The Horseshoe. I see. I don't even know. Yeah, I'm the Rose embarrassed Bowl's to say Cal that. Rose Bowl's in California. Okay, I'm embarrassed to say that. But yeah, I stood on the field and said, "This is pretty cool." And Mike's going to give you grief. Now. Yeah, I'm sure he will. Um, but you know, it's a special place um, for sure. I mean, those guys really care about their interns and make sure that they're successful. And I've been fortunate to have had several interns come here at Copperleaf um, and help steer them along the way. You know, speak to that maybe a little bit of, you know, the opportunities that have arisen for yourself and so many others that were it not through O'Keefe's program, it wouldn't exist. I, I owe everything to him, truthfully. Um, you know, luck's a fortune, so I'm pretty rich, but you also have to engage in what you're doing. So I have had some interns that turn up and they 
do the job they're asked to do and they leave and go home and have fun and do whatever else. But I put my hand up, I put my you know, foot down and, and did everything and more. In fact, if there was any overtime to do, I did it. Any side jobs, I would do it. Whether that be cutting down trees on vacant lots or valet parking at the clubhouse on the weekends, I did it. Um, going to meetings. If there was ever a meeting and I heard about it, I would ask the superintendent, hey, can I go to that? Can I attend the meeting, go to the seminar? Uh, and more often than not, they would allow me to do that because I just worked so many days in a row and everything was looking pretty good. Uh, and through those meetings and seminars, I got to meet other superintendents and then actually got involved with the local superintendent association down here, the Everglades, which is one of the most prominent ones in the state of Florida. And did very well following the footsteps of the likes of Matt Taylor and Darren Davis, I mean great role models, and ended up becoming the president of the local association. And then through those efforts got recognized for the state association and was asked to join the state association. And just you know, participating in meetings, coming up with ideas, not necessarily always good ones, but ideas that may generate someone else's idea and got to be the president of the state back in 2014-15 and uh, got to meet so many wonderful people that do everything we do but maybe in a different way. So you're always gleaning something from them and through that networking I have a full phone book on my cell phone and I feel I could reach out to almost anybody at any time to ask them a question about whatever, whether it be labor, fertility, insecticides, whatever and and I reciprocate I get a lot of text messages and, and calls asking all kinds of things and it's a great camaraderie let's backtrack a little bit to your experience with Greg Norman talk to us a little bit about what a experience that must have been from a learning perspective and what were some of the things that you were able to take away from his vision yeah it was amazing uh, he, and vision is the right word because he has a vision he, he could see a stand of trees in front of him and he could explain to us what he then wanted to create. Um, now he had some great people around him as most people do, but he was very articulate, uh, very persuasive and I remember taking some photos with him and sending them back home to my parents and grandparents and they just were beside themselves that I was actually in that opportunity to, to do that. Uh, you know, literally sitting in the back of a of a truck driving around a piece of property um, with him explaining what he wants to happen. It is very special. An opportunity I probably wouldn't have had in Australia, more than likely. You talked a little bit about there was something extra that needed to be done, you did it. If yeah. it was cutting down trees or parking cars or whatever. Where did you learn that work ethic and how has how has that helped? As, about, I, as I think most people would say, it comes from their parents and my grandparents. My, my grandfather was a dairy farmer uh, back in the country of Victoria, uh, which is in my state back home. And just going up there and, and working, well, I would call it working, he probably get me in the way, but uh, just being next to him and, and seeing what he was doing. Uh, both my mom and dad owned their own business, which is no secret that that takes a lot of work to be successful. What did they do? Uh, they actually owned originally a, a ceramic business, you know, making vases and decorative plates and then they ended up specializing. My mom came over to the America herself and learned how to make china dolls, porcelain dolls, uh, like very high-end 
pieces and uh, you know she would paint the eyelashes on and make the shoes and the socks and the dresses and she ended up being uh, one of the most if not the most influential porcelain doll teacher in Australia hmm. uh, so her and my dad owned this business and became extremely successful ran a, a large convention where people from all around the country and, are, and from other countries uh, including America would come over and visit Australia to learn the craft uh, being the youngest of three boys Growing up in a house full of China dolls, it was kind of interesting. Uh, but yeah, their hard work uh, pays off, I guess, and I just wanted to be that way. My, my brothers, one of them lives in London, has his own coffee shop, high-end coffee shop over there. Uh, in fact, has been so successful that he got to meet the Queen a couple of years ago, got invited to Buckingham Palace. And then my middle brother, Michael, has his own graphic design business back in Melbourne, Australia, and he's just doing phenomenal work. So we're spread out, but we're all pretty successful. Once you reached a certain level in your career, did you ever entertain the thought of going back to Australia? Uh, no. Honestly, I call this home now, for sure. Having been here now for 22 years, I've got a beautiful wife, Christine, who is from Florida. Her family's in Florida. Um, so you're not going anywhere? No, I'm not going anywhere. No, I've got two beautiful kids, beautiful home here in Bonita Springs and uh, the opportunities that have afforded themselves to me that I've taken, uh, this is home now. Yeah. What advice would you give to turf students now? What is that path to get to where you need to go? Yeah, honestly, good question. I, I think you need to be different because if you do what everyone else does, you mow greens, cut cups, you schedule the crew on weekends, that's what everybody does. So you have to stand out. And that may not be necessarily in agronomics. You may take classes in human resources because that's honestly growing grass is fairly easy, to be honest. It's managing the staff who grow the grass is the challenge. Uh, doing speech classes. I've done horticultural classes. I'm now a certified horticulturalist in Florida. I'm a certified arborist. Uh, so those different things is what makes someone stand out when a superintendent is looking at a resume or when a general manager or board of directors is looking for their next superintendent. You gotta stand out is, is what has to happen. And that means going to meetings, putting your hand up, asking questions, don't be embarrassed to do that uh, because I guarantee you someone else in the room is asking themselves that same question that is too embarrassed to stand up and ask it. Um, so yeah, you gotta stand out and do things different. You have been listening to The Ladder on TurfNet Radio. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher for instant access to past and future episodes of The Ladder and other TurfNet Radio podcasts.